Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. This is Golf Monthly's weekly uh, podcast and you join us for a special um, version of the Clubhouse this week. Um, we are taking a break from our normal look at the various different events on in the world of golf in terms of what goes on out on tour and we are going to spend a little bit of time talking about uh, one of the true greats of the game, possibly the greatest player in the game of all time, Tiger Woods. My name is Neil Tappin, Golf Monthly's digital editor, and for this particular podcast, I am joined by um, a couple of the uh, old guard of this particular Harsh. podcast. <laughs> uh, firstly, Tom Clark. Tom, hello. Hello there, Neil. How are you? Good. How's your Tiger Woods knowledge? Um, uh, pretty good, I think. Good. But we'll but soon find be, out, maybe. I think, probably. You probably. work for a golf magazine. All right, thank you. Um, well, you're going to get 15 questions at the end, so we'll see how good it is. Uh, and also Nicholas Bonfield. Nick, hi. Hello, hello. How's everything going? Yeah, good, good. I've do I have to do the quiz alongside Tom again this time, or can I do it separately? <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on, I say. Um, I don't know. We'll t- maybe do it separately because, well, uh, Tom's going to struggle, isn't he? I have all of Tiger Woods' stats in front of me. Nick doesn't, so I'm backing myself. Yes. <laughs> Approximately 19 sheets of paper on the desk in front of him. Seven, 17. <laughs> okay. 17. Uh, actually, uh, Tom and Nick are sharing a microphone this week, so if one of them sounds like they've disappeared off to the toilet and are sort of communicating from the loo... It will be Nick. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we are going to leave the quiz to the end, um, and we've got a list of topics that we want to get through. Uh, before we reach that point uh, the first of which for, uh, easily gents is what are your earliest memories of tiger woods tom oh well right, i thought you were going to do the list of of all the events but um, no we'll go for that no the first thing i remember when i first met tiger i've never met tiger oh haven't you haven't you has anyone in this room met tiger yes neil we know <laughs> um no, that i've i really first remember him from uh winning the masters in 97 Watching it when it was on BBC, when there was no other real coverage out there. I think there's, I think the audience numbers for those kind of events were huge. I think that's probably one of the reasons why Tiger got so, so, so big that so many people suddenly, suddenly knew this guy from nowhere. And um, he was obviously, I mean, he just ran away with that tournament. There was so many things about that tournament. The, the, the uh, size of the victory, who he was, where that that win was. Um, and of course, being on terrestrial television and the glorious but pictures, I think it was a lovely sunny day then as well. What so was it about Tiger in that that first instance that you think captivated so many people? Was I, it the way that he hit the golf ball? Was it? I just think he was so different uh, from golf. Has an image sometimes, and I think probably maybe in the eighties and nineties, of being reasonably stuffy for middle-aged white men playing golf, really. And he was just someone completely different, youngster, mixed um, race. Exactly, and just hit the ball a mile, and just turn these this golf course, which everyone had, everyone knew about, everyone still knows about it, of course. But um, he just he just ripped it up, and he was just playing a, a different game. And um, I think it was just, it was a surprise to so many people. He was just massive news from then. Exactly, because you, you had all of these seasoned professionals, the likes of the you know the sort of Tom Kites and Tom Watsons mm. and Fred Couples and. Uh, well, I think Tom Kite, Tom Kite uh, was runner-up, I think, Yeah, it, uh, in that tournament. I think, I think that's right, actually. In fact, yes. I th- um, yeah, he was, he was. He's <laughs> he one was. of my bits of paper, so I told you again, Handy. <laughs> he, so Tom Kite was, tw- was second place, just 12 shots behind. Just 12 shots behind. And it was oh, it was great to watch, wasn't it? Nick, what, what, what about you? What would be your earliest memories of watching Tiger? Uh, didn't actually watch this at the time, but the 97 hole-in-one at the Phoenix Open is one that is obviously trotted out every year and... 
it really epitomizes Tiger, doesn't it? The, the yeah. excitement, the the cap, the, well, his ability to captivate, uh, his fantastic celebrations, the fact that he played with so much passion, uh, and that's really what I remember. Then going onwards, you got two thousand one and two Masters. I, I just about remember along with the uh, Pebble Beach US Open. And also, Nick, that sort of sense of occasion with Tiger. I think it's something that all great sportsmen have in common, isn't it? That when the big moments come around, there's no uh, coincidence that it happens to be them that appear at the uh, at the forefront. And the, the, the fact that it's Tiger who's had a hole-in-one at Phoenix, it, it's not a coincidence, is it? It's just the way he, he, he is or he was. Yeah, it's innate showmanship and desire to be at the forefront of everything they do and that characterizes i think all the top sports people and, and tiger woods is certainly one of those not just in golf but across all sports and you have to say he's one of the greatest sports people of all time and so what would be your favorite memories of tiger yeah, that, that's probably the easiest question is that chip that chip <laughs> in on at the masters uh, you know you start, you've mentioned about timing and how um, when he, when required to get over the line, the true greats get step up, and he was uh, he was a shot behind. I think was he a shot behind or level with Demarco at that point. He was, I, I think he was behind at that time. He was either behind or they were level, and Demarco had a very makeable birdie yeah. putt yeah. on sixteen. So, so he's he lo- looking. You know, everyone's been watching. All you know, it's, it's one of those great Augusta Sundays. Lovely weather again. A really good battle. Uh, Tiger obviously being part of it. And at that po- moment, before he plays that shot, he's like. Well, he, he could go two down. Tiger's going to lose the Masters here. Suddenly, that shot, the way that the, you know... The Nike swoosh. The, the, the way the, the ball lip. just dips into the hole. <laughs> I mean, I think if everyone can remember watching that live. If you, if you were lucky enough to watch it live, which I was, I remember vividly um, sitting on the sofa with my brothers watching it. And it's, it's moments like that. He has so many of those over his career. That first Masters tournament, 97, there's not a shot I can remember. I think I can remember the final part. Other than that, it was just great golf. There wasn't that one true moment, but the, if you look at other moments, Tory Pines, yeah, his career that as part, well. Yes, well, whichever one part you want to want to take from the uh, 18th green, there, moments like that, he 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 always seemed to pull it out of the bag when when he really needed to. Yeah, exactly. You talk about that ability to produce the, the fireworks when you really need to. I remember watching that, thinking, well, "There's no way Woods can win this because I can't see him making a anything other than a four here. Maybe a three if he's very lucky." And Demarco, I think, was. Nicely nestled below the hole. I think he was up at that point as well. So I was thinking, this is this is Demarco's all day long, and then Tiger comes out with that and the immortal line of, I think it was ever in. Have you ever in your life seen anything like that from the commentator <laughs> as the Nike swoosh toppled into the hole? It was just a great moment. I always also remember him and his brilliant fist pump in the playoff, and it's a picture we use in the magazine all the time. And he's wearing his red, typical yeah. red fist raised. Almost up to shoulder level. Fantastic we, memories. We will use that image as the thumbnail for this particular podcast. So uh, take a look at the image. Because don't forget, Neil. Don't forget. <laughs> I have to remind myself of that when it comes out. There. But um, it's the iconic pose from Tiger, isn't it? I mean, above anything else, or along with everything else, he did have a very cool celebration. Uh, apart from the appalling fist... Uh, high five attempts with Steve Williams after that chip in <laughs> and there was also another bad one which was when he beat Bob, Bob May at the PGA I don't know what year it was it was a very tight the two 2000 I'd say <laughs> Tom's got his Wikipedia print out in front of him um, and he hits he hits a putt from quite a long way away and he can see it's going in for about five feet before it gets to the hole and he walks after it and he's pointing at the board oh, <laughs> point. yeah, yeah, but there was something even about that that was still fairly cool um um, who has uh, you haven't Nick? You haven't no, I, I've, your I've, I suspected moment. the chip would come up, so I've gone for a couple of different ones. 
um, winning on one leg at the US Open's got to be fairly high on that list. Uh, yeah, he, 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 did, he definitely had two legs. <laughs> he, did, he definitely did have two legs. Like that. Everyone knows what I mean in 2008 at the US Open. Uh, the control of his golf ball that he had at the 2006 Open at Hoylake, it wasn't particularly exciting to watch, but it was sheer class the way he... Uh, manoeuvred his way around that course and it was a perfect execution of strategy and he no one one even driver didn't he he hit one driver and he every single long arm he hit was bang in the middle of the fairway exactly where he'd planned it to be beforehand and it was just a masterful display of strategy and that always sticks in my mind along with the six iron he hit out of the bunker in the 2000 Canadian Open which Canadian is sometimes Open. one that people forget but it just again it, it epitomised everything that's so great about him his aggression um, when he sniffed victory there was no way he was going to back down it was 216 yards and over water big fade managed to stop it by the I mean, and he actually hit it to the right of the pin the pin was right on the right hand side of the green and he, he found the green it was an incredible shot and 216 yards with a 6 iron back then admittedly the adrenaline was coursing but it's another one of his key attributes wasn't it power uh, power and the fact that he would never ever back off and also the fact that he believed in, in himself to be able to pull those shots off and those three factors I think make him so special exactly I'm actually going to read out a few of his key a few stats that I've, I've say noted thanks, thanks to Nick for uh, being asked to, for one key moment and coming come up, up with three, three. Terry cool. three answers um, uh, Tiger Woods was the first billion dollar athlete I mean that's estimated but they're estimated to be the first billion dollar athlete in ten, 2010 his, his net worth at that time was around 700 million 6 to 700 million um, uh, 79 PGA Tour wins 14 majors 106 professional career wins um, first broke 70 at the age of 12 um, Tom, that I mean, as somebody who's still waiting to reach that, in, in fact, really trying to break eighty. Well, yes, but I'm not a <laughs> professional golfer, so I'll tell you that. quite right. No, you're not. Um, <laughs> um, he won over 110 million in prize money alone. I mean, obviously, he earns an awful lot more than the prize money, but that just I, I believe at one stage his on-course earnings made up something like 10 percent of his total earnings. Is that I may right? be completely making that up, but I've, I've got that in my head for some reason. You've made that up. And a total of 683 weeks at world number one. And, in a, and I think the point about that is that in a sport like golf, which requires... Uh, it requires so many different uh, ask so many different questions of you from tee to green mental strength it, the, the the questions um, placed on a golfer are vast and for somebody to be that dominant for that l length of time even though it was in sort of three separate stints is I, I, I would doubt whether we'll ever see anything like that again but we you know, possibly could be proven wrong um, the next thing I want to talk about is actually looking at his golf game in particular and what made him so good because he wasn't I say we're talking about Tiger in the past tense, um, and some people might get a little bit offended by that. I mean, he's Me still <laughs> very much with us. He uh, he's probably got it within him. I mean, you can't count him out of anything. He's probably got within him to to win again, etc. But I'm I'm talking about when he was at the very peak of his powers, and he wasn't a he wasn't a you know straight down the middle. He wouldn't be faultless, would he? That's the point I'm trying to make. Oh, he's actually very erratic at times. Um. He's hit, I mean, he's hit is. some horrific golf shots. Yeah. I mean, the <laughs> amount of second shots that he's played from underneath trees and in deep rough, he still manages to find a way to get the ball in the hole. Uh, mainly, I think, due to wonderful putting and short game, but also that mental edge uh, and saying to himself, there's no way I'm going to make anything other than a four here. Um, and very few athletes have the ability to say that in their head and actually make it happen. And that's one of the reasons why Tiger's so special. But we can't really look past his 
his putting in his halcyon years when he was in contention anything from about 12 feet and in you just knew it was going in the hole and he knew it was going in the hole most importantly and also the other thing to mention here is his aura uh, on the leaderboards as well as soon as anyone saw him making a move that instantly instilled all this fear in, into into all the people playing the event with him and competing with Tiger and that was not That's as important as his physical skill but certainly a factor I'd, I'd like to kind of slightly disagree here just because well Why not? I quite like disagreeing with Nick but um there's been other great putters over the years, loads of them. Yeah. There are, there's a great putter at the moment, Jordan Spieth, for example. Um, I'm not sure whether Tiger putted as well as Jordan Spieth did last year, which would be an interesting question, which we won't answer right now. <laughs> but one, one thing I'd say is, and it's a phrase that is, was never used until about 2000, tiger-proofing golf courses. Yeah. Making them so long, having to buy another bits of land golf courses, neighbouring bits of land so that they could actually extend themselves. It, that was because of how far he could hit But that's ball. interesting you should say that because I, I just I, think I, Tiger Proof is such nonsense. and I, I've always thought it because Tiger's biggest weakness was hitting it straight. That was always... Was. The, so making a golf course longer only made him more likely to win on it. But, but even so, he still hit the ball. When he, when he first came on tour and he first came on the scene, he hit the ball further than a country anyone. mile. He was a proper athlete. And he went to the gym where other golfers didn't know where the gym was. A bit yeah. like you. Well, that was a bit harsh, but, <laughs> but, but, but probably fair. Um, but he, you know, he really moved the game into a more professional era, in my opinion. Turned himself into a proper athlete who hit the ball. His body was in great shape. If anything, the amount of actual um, effort he put into making him such an athlete is actually probably one of the reasons why he's so yeah, injured. Yeah, that's the ironic thing about this, his current but, play, isn't but it? But at that point in time, you know, I remember playing um, playing uh, Tiger Woods on the PlayStation, which I did an awful lot uh, when I was at uni, um, <laughs> and you used to have, that was one of the modes you could actually, you know, tiger-proofing your the golf course, how hard did you want to make it? Because these golf courses were suddenly just not long enough to control him. Now, that's a there's other arguments for actually how some of the, the shorter golf courses around the world, which are still perfectly playable, and perhaps people panic slightly. But I think he, uh, without Tiger, I think we would still be the game would have been a, a lot different to, to now than it was then. You can't, you absolutely cannot deny that he hit the ball prodigious distances off the tee. But that's absolutely not the reason why he was so successful in his prime. It, it was his. I suppose his inherent desire drive to win, the fact that he could get the ball in the hole and get out of trouble from absolutely anywhere, and the fact that he was absolutely deadly from 10 feet and in. Not all the time, but when he was in contention, and that's when it really matters. Because if you look at the putting stats, you might not they might not paint you know a fully accurate picture, as statistics so often fail to do. But I think everyone remembers watching Tiger when he had a sniff of victory and the sense of inevitability when he was standing over a 10-footer and almost walking into the hole with about three feet left. And that is how I most vividly remember Tiger. I don't think there's anyone arguing that the reason why he won lots of tournaments is because of his incredible short game, and he did have an absolutely incredible short game, and he was probably the best putter of his of that that time. But I think it's just as I said before, there were other over the over the years there's been great people who have had tremendous short games, but I don't think anyone has pushed the boundaries of the game that far. Um, that we can actually ever mention. Of course, of course he pushed boundaries. I'm saying that's not necessarily a reason why he was so successful. It's a product, a byproduct of of his athleticism and his training and his, his desire to hit the ball a long way. But that's not what made him so successful. What, one other byproduct of that athleticism is that 
Uh, I think golf. I would. I mean, this is complete conjecture on my part, um, and I am willing to be uh, proved wrong. But Tiger was so technically so strong. He he did have a big loss of height in his golf swing halfway through the downswing. He'd lose his height, and then he'd sort of slightly stand up through the golf ball and hit it, and that helped him produce, I think, a little bit of extra power. But Tiger, apart from that move, Tiger was technically very very proficient, and I think that probably leads to a generation of people coming through the ranks who have kind of they've not really gone out there looking to be um, looking to train like Tiger was looking to become Tiger was they just swung it like the Tiger because he's the one they always see on TV so they sort of mimic him I remember when I was growing up and Nick Faldo was playing golf and Seve was playing golf it would be it would actually be Faldo that I would try and swing the golf club a little bit like and I think that Tiger had that ability so a generation of kids coming through will have tried to swing the golf club like him and I suspect as a result people swing the golf club a bit better now again that might be complete rubbish I also think there's actually a lot of players on tour and the commentators say this a lot on tour is they're of that generation where actually they're on the tee they take driver for whatever hole it is they take driver hit as far as they can try and find it if they find it then they try and get on the green yeah where you know fairways and greens is not how the game is played anymore you need the distance and the reason why you need the distance is because the courses are so long uh, you know 7,000 yards do, do, in the 90s I think it was unheard of to do, be honest with you but. do you think the likes of Ernie Els and Colin Montgomery and Phil Mickelson were intimidated by Tiger genuinely I think so I remember reading a piece with Ernie Els a couple of years ago and he was talking about Tiger when he first came out and he said he just stood there watching him on the range for a while because his ball flight was like nothing he'd ever seen and I think the guys, as good as they were, looked at him and realised that Woods had that X factor, had something a little bit more special than anything they possessed. And of course, that's going to manifest itself in you not being as successful as that person. Because if mentally in your head you believe that someone is better than you, then you know that's that's how things are going to play out. And I think it it certainly had a a huge effect on the career of Sergio Garcia when they went head to head at um, Medina. Medina uh, and, and PJ and Garcia lost. And I was looking at this in your list of. Tom, and your list of... I've uh, got a list, have I? Oh, okay. <laughs> to, to you want to look at Tiger list? Woods majors. That was major number two, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. 1999. So had, had the, had the uh, fortunes gone the other way that day, had Sergio beat Tiger, it could be a completely different story now. I'm just saying. Oh, no, that, without doubt. And Sergio, could... Sergio has had to go through an awful lot of issues, um, I think, mentally, to get over some of the defeats that he's had, some of that at the hands of Tiger, some at the hands of other people. Um but that, it, yeah. I think that, that but the, he, Sergio was not the only person that that happened no, to. No, it happened to, no. Um, okay, so the next topic of conversation then is if Tiger was su- such a, uh, you know, a force of nature, one of these players that just intimidated everybody, why was his record at the Ryder Cup? Didn't, why did it not stack up? I'm going to read it out to you now. Six appearance, appearances, 29 matches played, 13 wins, 14 losses, two halves, his win percentage was 48%. And in the foursomes, he won four, lost seven, and halved one. And in the four balls, he won five, lost six, and halved none. Um, why did why was he un, uh, unable to take that prowess? Because uh, hitting a golf ball is hitting a golf ball. <laughs> why was he unable to translate that dominance from the singular form of the game into a match play game? It's a really, really good and tough question and one I'm, I'm not sure we'll ever have an answer to. I think a, a common theory is the fact that... I've got an answer. There you go. I'll, I'll just say the theory then that he was absolutely so driven and so committed to being 
absolutely the best he could be in a country that celebrates individual achievement arguably more than other. And that's what brought the best out of him was wanting to be number one. When you stick him in a team environment, um, maybe he didn't feed off that camaraderie as some other people who are inferior players did in the Ryder Cup. And, and that helped them raise their level being in that environment. Not sure it did anything good for Woods. And I'm not denying that he enjoyed the Ryder Cup and liked to be a part of it. I just think when you're so committed and dedicated from such a young age to being the very best in an individual sport, sometimes that doesn't translate across. Um, I also Tom. think I actually think that his record's not actually this bad as you're saying, and I think it's quite easy to um, to compare. No, if you, I think if you look no, at Tom, it, Tom I, I'm comparing it to his record. He, yeah, I'm not no. comparing it to anybody else's Ryder Cup. I'm comparing Tiger that, Woods, the single golfer, to Tiger Woods, the match. And play I think golfer. that's that's slightly unfair. And I think you said the word you just used there, match play. Match play should play completely different. Um, you know, you're, you're comparing his his results in a team match you know his foursomes record where he's actually playing 50 percent so of the shots. are we just blaming the other guy then well a little bit and also you've <laughs> got to look at the teams that he's played in and the success that europe have had where you know some of those american teams that he played in let's face it were pretty poor um but with great individual players and he, he yeah absolutely I, I i just don't i don't i think whenever tiger got on a fairway he was expected to win and if he didn't win he said well hang on a minute why has he not won this he's the best Supposed to be the best golfer in the world. Well, actually, it's a match play tournament. It, it happens. But if, and he, if you've got fifty, if, if, he's yeah. made, if he's made fifty percent of his, if he's made fifty percent of his points, you look at some other people's records, Ryder Cup records. Let's have a look at. Let's pick a, a name out there, Jim Furyk. Let's have a look oh, at Jim Furyk. You always like to I pick mean, on Jim Furyk. Well, <laughs> well, quite. But he's, he's. I think he won one singles match out of eight or something like that. Ian Woosnam never won a singles match in the Ryder Cup. Now, these aren't dreadful golfers or anything like that. So if you're actually comparing... I just don't think you can compare a Ryder Cup record. No, I'm comparing Tiger to Tiger, and yeah, I think that yeah. is fair. What I find fairly, fairly difficult to account for is his record in the singles. Um, I haven't got it's, that. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's very much at odds with his position as the world's number one golfer. I, and I, I, I don't know why that is. Perhaps it's because other people raising their game. I think that's it, them by it? the crowd. I think it's the idea. And that it's them raising their level instead of Tiger Woods necessarily dropping his. That's the only thing I can think of. Because it's a shot to nothing. When you're playing against Tiger Woods in singles in the Ryder Cup, nobody expects you to win. So players tend to raise their game. Even still, uh, you would expect Tiger to raise his game in that situation. And perhaps this goes back to what I was saying earlier about him not being completely driven by the by the i suppose team glory uh it's hard to rec- i still find it hard to account for even given all those factors because it is a, a fairly poor record for someone who was the best player in the world for such a long period of time so wi- will he make a good Ryder cup captain should the pga come calling which i'm sure they will one day and the way that he's been positioning himself recently he looks as if he would very much um you know, take that role on and be pleased to take it on would he make a good Ryder Cup captain, or is he just the archetypal, you know, single-minded sportsman that yeah. isn't going to be able to gel a, a team? Some, I mean, the last so when um, Tom Watson was the Ryder Cup captain the last time at Glen Eagles, the reason he was put there, he was almost a figurehead. That was the idea, anyway, that people would want to play for him and want to play well. Be inspired just by Tom Watson as yeah. Now to. I think there was a bit of an age gap there, which couldn't be bridged, and that was one of the issues that was had there. Now. If you're going to put Tiger as your captain and be him as a, use him as a figurehead for all the guys currently on tour, then I think they'd absolutely they would play so so well for him and really really try for him because I think for a lot of the guys on tour at the moment, he's their hero. Um, there's the odd person, so, Phil Mickelson. I'm not sure Tiger's Phil Mickelson's hero, and they've had, obviously had their issues in the past. Now whether 
he would be a great captain. I think that's impossible to, to you know, to say and to, until he, anyone does. Well, yeah, you I know, don't, but you don't know how it's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I think if we're asking whether the Tiger of 10 years ago would be a good Ryder Cup captain, the answer is no. But now I think the situation is different. I think he's changed as a person. I think he started thinking about other people and putting others before himself at the moment, which is obviously a critical factor in the Ryder Cup. Um, but crucially, as Tom said, a lot of these guys idolised him growing up. And he's actually very popular on tour as well with the players as well. So I think he would make a decent captain as it stands. I don't think he would have made a good what, captain what, what, 10 years why, ago. Why do you say he's popular with the players? Just I mean, well, I'm not saying just, he's not. Yeah, I don't just, know. just what I've read, various sort of comments I've heard people make just in passing, just a picture I've built up in my mind based on literature and audio and etc. Just bits I've heard from being in the industry. I haven't heard that many people say he's a terrible human being. And I've heard a lot of people say that actually they respect him a lot and away from the cameras and he's a very different persona on screen than he is actually when he's just on the range or on the putting green and he's actually very approachable he's nice. happy to give out advice we've had, we've, we have had a couple of um, quite salacious uh, bits of literature that have been published about him one from Steve Williams another one from Hank Haney both of which wouldn't necessarily paint him in that particular no line. but the different motivations for them um I'm not saying everything they say isn't true, but their motive is to, to create as, as compelling a story as possible in order to make as much money as, as possible for themselves. And I think when he's dealing with a coach or when he's dealing with anyone in his support network, that's when you're going to see the real emotion. That's when he's really striving to be the greatest. But when he's just in a team environment or hanging out with his fellow peers on tour, the picture I get of him is that he's actually fairly down-to-earth and a decent guy. I think in a pro professional environment and on tour and around the golf courses i think he's you know he's still at that he's still very professional and as i said before a lot of these guys they want to hang around with tiger because you know they watched him grow up they watched his great game and they want to you know be a part of that and and talk to him and try and get some advice and stuff like that so you know he's had these run-ins with people on the tour we, everybody knows that but um I think he, yeah, I think he'd do a great job as a Ryder Cup coach. Listen, well, he's not he's not a perfect role model, and that's not what I'm trying to say. And and when you are a born winner, you do. Oh, yeah. born winners throughout history often have issues with temper and and that they're unable to to accept loss. Therefore, when things aren't going well for them, perhaps you don't see their true colours, or maybe some would argue that those are their true colours. But what I'm saying is that you can almost judge them in that situation then judgment away from the heat of battle and I think away from the heat of battle is when you, you really see their true colours and, and from what I understand he's uh, he's actually a, a decent decent guy out on tour Okay well that, that leads me on to that element that you were just talking about Nick the thing about being a role model because Tiger Woods um, like him or loathe him was involved in one of the biggest scandals that any sportsman has been involved in certainly in my lifetime it's probably you know one of those moments where <laughs> The, I think the only moment since I've been alive where the whole of the sort of world has stopped and looked at the golf world for a moment. And it was a, a huge moment, this, this thing that had happened where Tiger had, had a run-in with his wife and then suddenly all of these um, uh, accusations and, and th different things were being said about Tiger. Um, do you think ultimately the scandal and the, the publicity around that is what put pay to Tiger's attempts or put pay to Tiger's... Um, aspirations of breaking Jack Nicklaus's major record no I don't at all believe that um, I think that do go on for example okay let's let's look at 2013 he won five times he was completely almost back to his best I think that what really derailed him was a combination of injuries and then mental fallibility brought on by those injuries I think that the 
what was it 2008 scandal 2009 was a distant memory for tiger back then he's friends with his ex-wife now i don't think that was a massive factor i'm not going to say it wasn't a factor at all but i honestly think the injuries were the uh, and then the consequent the con uh, sorry the injuries and then the knock-on effect of of mental weakness was probably more important um tom for you does it affect tiger's legacy yeah, ma- massively. Um, unfortunately, I think if if we go back in time to before the incident with the car and the three iron or whatever club it was that was being wielded by yeah. the then Mrs. Woods, he was an, the best role model probably in the world, especially in the definitely in the sporting world. But that's what made this particular scandal he, so. He was incredible. He was extraordinary. He was suddenly... so squeaky clean. Uh, no one, you know, there was probably there may have been rumours here and there. I'm sure there were, but. He was being aligned really for the the top top job. I remember I can't remember what magazine had him and Obama on, on the, the car. Yeah, on the I think it was cover. Golf Digest. I think um, at that time, and there was really a thought that you know he's he's he could easily if he sticks with this, he could become president of the United States. I don't think that is too big a thing to say. He was the number one person in the world. Suddenly, <laughs> number one person. He in was. The world. I, I'm not joking. I, 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 I really think he. I, I think really he might be getting it. a bit carried I away. Think he was, but, well, but, but, well, perhaps I don't know. But if you actually, know if in America, in America, perhaps he was top dog. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And when uh, the uh, it was firstly he was in hospital and he had a car accident and stuff like that, and we were thinking, oh god, what's happened here? Uh, then to finding out what actually happened, the whole thing unravelled. And the whole thing has unravelled. And I thought he was kind of badly managed here and there silence and then that horrendous press conference where he hugged his mum at the end and stuff like that I just don't think that was really necessary um and I think he was trying to resurrect he was trying to you know fix what had happened when it was really it was, it was unfixable really yeah. yeah and unfortunately that's always going to be um on him now and I don't th- I think he's just got to try and get <laughs> I think he is trying to, to work around that and I think he is really doing it but he will never the legacy that he had at that point before the incident with the golf club and the car to now is light years apart um, his golf his golf game his golf game is different but his actual persona around the world I don't think it can ever be repaired no. I suppose you could argue that the air of invincibility began to wane from that point onwards uh, and I think yeah, obviously it does affect his legacy because legacy incorporates more than just what you were like in your profession. Uh, incorporates things like how you conduct yourself and how others saw you. So yes, absolutely it affects his legacy. Um, but I don't think it's as important a factor as the injuries for me. No, no. I I think you're you're probably right there, Nick. Um, but I, I also think that Tiger Woods went from being this guy that everyone was scared of on the golf course to being a guy that suddenly was yeah. either the butt of people's jokes or that yeah. everyone was talking about but you know sort of whispers behind his back and it humanized him yeah and it got, it got rid of this sort of he's a superhero air uh, and it made him more human and then someone's more beatable if they're more human it's just the, psychology the, the, the question that i have for you is given tiger's upbringing and he was in the spotlight pretty much right from the word go he was sort of destined for greatness almost from day one his life would have not been what you you and I would describe as normal almost ever <laughs> right you know right from the early days it probably would never have been had that sort of normality that most of us experience in our lives is it impossible for us to expect him to be normal it's a tricky one and not wishing to play amateur psychologist again but you see it in for example young actors they very rarely who are in the spotlight from a young age they very rarely turn out to be deemed normal or 
how many what many people would view as normal. I think it's probably an unfortunate knock-on effect. But then you would argue that he wouldn't have been so successful had he not had that upbringing, yeah. and had he not been in the spotlight. So I it's think really that's difficult I'm, one to argue. I think that's what I'm getting at, this idea that um, that upbringing, that kind of self-centred selfishness that I suspect led him to in, in, yeah. in this this um, big could, fall from yeah. grace is probably what made him a great goal. So it's the making and the breaking of him, you could argue. Indeed. Okay, well, that's probably a good place to end the uh, uh, to end that part. I want to, before we get to the quiz, I want to ask you where now for Tiger? Because I think uh, there's, I mean, this is just another uh, area of complete conjecture. But is he gone? Is he well, able to win again? Well, let's look where he is currently. At the currently, he is AWOL. We don't really know where he is. We don't know where. He, he had a kind of little couple of chats around Christmas. One seemed very down and everyone's saying, oh, he's about to retire. And the second one was actually a lot more positive trying to say that he was trying to work uh, around his his injuries and 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 really rebu- rebuilding his his swing again he's also vice captain of the Ryder Cup which is in end of September October so without doubt everybody still I think a, a tournament with Tiger in is still a better tournament oh yeah definitely um, and I think that would still be for a few years he he's still he's ju- only just turned 40 um, and the 40s are sometimes a very good decade for golfers um, if he gets fit and can get his swing into into some kind of shape, there's no doubt that he can win again and he can actually compete very well again. Um, whether he's there mentally to do that, who knows? But we, we, I mean, we have seen his last how yeah, dozen or so performances some awful golf by his standards. You know, the duffing chips, the um, yeah. I mean, he was always capable of hitting it off the park with the driver, but the stuff around the the, the short game was truly terrible for Tiger. Do you think that's created sort of scars, any kind of mental baggage that he might struggle to get over? Yeah. Or do you think that he he's going to just be able to get through that? No, I think that's created. He did bounce back well from those horrible chipping yips that he experienced for those couple of events and actually worked hard. And I forget the event, but it was around about June or July last year where he was starting to look pretty good again before his latest injury setback. Not prepared to write him off just yet. Um, as Tom said earlier, Julius Boros won an, a major at the age of 48. I can still see him winning another Masters. As I think he can compete there blindfolded. Will he beat Jack's record? No. Will he win on tour again? I'd like to think yes, but we really don't know the extent of the injuries. And if he is as frail as he's being painted at the moment, then it is going to be very, very difficult for him to get back into the winner's um, circle. Will he, will he then take on one of these ambassadorial roles? Will he become a sort of... Uh, Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, that one of these sort of exemplary characters who goes around the world, who spreads the message of the game, or is Tiger a different sort of character from these guys? And, and w- will he put himself out there to do that particular role? It's a fascinating one. I haven't quite made my mind up yet. I wouldn't be surprised to just see him disappear into the background and live the rest of his life out of the public eye. I really wouldn't be surprised to, say, to see that. However, I know he's interested in golf course construction so you can't really stay out of the limelight when that sort of thing's going on and that brings with it media duties etc so if he continues yeah, but, down I mean, that Greg Norman yeah. go, has the same thing you wouldn't say that sure. he's always I don't see him being a Jack Nicholas type of figure and I think if I had to put my money on him going one way or the other I would put it towards him perhaps living a quiet life away from the public eye I, I think that one thing we haven't mentioned is actually I think he still has a bit of drive to actually beat Jack Nicholas, I mean, the, one of the reasons he has that drive is because of his dad, and his dad was trying to help him to uh, beat Jack's, Nick, uh, Jack's record. And you know, there's there's quotes 
just from that. And I think it's still in the back of Tiger's mind, or actually maybe in the forefront of Tiger's mind, he's still trying to get back there, still trying to do it for his dad. And I wonder how big a, a bigger thing that is. I, I, I think he just, I think he loves golf. And but Tom, I think you, he's got, he's, you I think can he's have all the try- drive in the world. If you can't practice as hard as he used to, then it's... And like, the talent I've, pool has deepened considerably. Yeah, 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 oh, the I mean, there's no years. doubt, but I don't... And the McElroy's and don't have the same fear. He will continue to try. I, I doubt that this could really come back to buy me. I doubt that next month we're going to hear Tiger Woods retires from playing golf. No, I, I think we. No. I wonder if that will ever actually come out. I think he would just keep keep trying and keep continuing to to try to to get back to some kind of level where he can at least compete. Oh, and I, what I hope is that I actually hope he plays in some tournaments because that's the kind of thing that we've been missing. Him playing every week on the PGA Tour or every now and then. Now he just seems to come out just around the majors, or he has for the last couple of years. I know he has been managing his injuries. He, if he gets out there, gets on tour, playing some events, he can play in any event he wants to, I think that's the best way that he's going to find out whether he can actually compete again. I don't doubt at all that he will fight until he can't fight anymore to, to get back to being competitive on tour. Whether he's able to or not, we shall see, but I don't see him hanging up his boots prematurely. I think he'll continue to want to be out there until he his body won't let him anymore. Well, one thing I would say is that the three of us probably owe him a debt of gratitude, as does everybody else who works in the golf industry, because golf certainly wouldn't be uh, the sport that it is now without Tiger Woods. He certainly um, brought a whole new audience. He brought a whole new level of engagement to the game. And quite frankly, there was nothing like watching Tiger in full flow. You know, when he won at Pebble Beach in 2000, he won by, was it 15 or 12? I can't remember. No. Uh, I've got it written down here again. I think it might be a quiz question in a minute. 15 strokes. Oh, he's given away. (laughs) Out of interest, how many majors has he won by more than 10 strokes? Two. Two. Is that right? Thanks for that question, Nick. Um, (laughs) No, the the point I was making is that there is nothing like watching Tiger. when When he was in full flow, he was... Yeah, one of the, the sporting, the great sporting sites, and I don't think we will ever. I, you know, even Rory. Rory's a fantastic player, and he has that X factor, and he has that magic and that spark. He doesn't, for me, he doesn't come close to Tiger in terms of how captivating it was yeah. to watch. But Rory also does have that thing that Tiger had, which is that sort of fallibility on the golf course. That you, you just, you, what made Tiger so fantastic? He was to invincible watch, he, for a long period of time. Well, no, I'm just about to say exactly the opposite point. that what made Tiger so great to watch was that you always thought there was the capability that he would hit a terrible shot at some point but then he would be able to get out of it and there there are some players that you watch and they're so tee to green you know tee from the tee middle of the fairway middle of the green par machines you you know that when they're in the sniff of the lead they're not going to um, do anything to harm that, that and whilst you didn't think that Tiger was going to lose the lead you knew it was going to be exciting to watch because you knew that Tiger was capable of hitting the odd shot that might land absolutely. him in trouble but more often than not he found a way to get out oh, of trouble yeah, yeah absolutely which makes him so compelling because he's not this robot pro who does everything no, extremely well he was very erratic and people and often Rory has that. exactly that and I'm not sure Jordan Spieth does is that harsh? I think that's, that's an interesting point because yeah Rory's weak on the greens Tiger's was weak off the tee, but Spieth, you don't really see much weakness, do you? And 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 I think that makes Rory and Tiger more exciting to watch than Jordan, as good and um, exciting as he is. Okay, right, quiz time. Quiz time. Hurrah. This is now where I have to. We've be been able waiting to... for this. It's uh, going to be great. I hope the questions are good. Where I have yeah. to be able to read my own handwriting, which has oh, well. caught me out a few times in the past. Um, how are we going to do this? So I think the best way of doing this is. Um, 
As you, a, you ask the questions and we try and answer them? <laughs> is, it, is that an idea? Would you like to try and answer them as a team? Or, um, Nick? I'm happy with team. All right. Okay, so there's 15 questions. Um, number one. <laughs> How many shots did Tiger win the 1997 Masters by? 12. That's right. You sorry, had that written down in front Steps of on you. on your toes there, Neil. I'm sorry about that. Um, <laughs> don't apologise. It's 1-0. Okay. Um, when, month and year, when did he first go to world number one? I've got, I've got it written down if I won't. I Keep won't. talking. I need to find my pen. I've just dropped it. Um, any ideas, Nick? Come back. We could cheat. No. I'll say early nine. I think it was 1998. And, oh, no, it might have been 97. I, th- I think September 97. Nicholas, do you concur with your um, colleague? Uh, I'd say colleague and friend, but I think that's pushing it. Let's, let's keep it professional. <laughs> yeah, I mean, certainly won a number of couple of okay, times. How, old, I don't you guess, how yes, old are you, 97? I concur with my colleague. Um, wrong. It was June 1997, but you were oh, right to say 1997. Well, incredible. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, I looked up early. Between 1997 and 2008, he went two years without winning a major. What were those years? Ninety-eight between well, 1997 it. and 2008, he went two consecutive years. Consecutive no, years 19, without winning 1998, a major. definitely. No, it, it could be eight and nine because <coughs> he won the he won the U.S. Open in two. No, he's won the 99. Tom's looking at his sheet. Well, okay, well he's won in 2000. Masters won two. What, about, what are you doing? Three, four. I think it's 1990. I uh, to try and get it so Nick doesn't just list years. I'm going to say oh. 1998 and 2000. Are they not consecutive? No, 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 no. Consecutive years. Consecutive oh, consecutive. Two consecutive yeah. years. Oh. There were two consecutive years where Tiger went without winning a major. What were those years? Six and seven. Four and five. Oh, four and five. Not five. He won five. Three and three and four. He won the Masters in one three and, and two. Four. Three and four. I Let's go 2003, 2004. Yes, I, I agree with you, Nick. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I'm a little bit disappointed that you got that. Um, which major tournament was his first miscut after he arrived on tour? So he fir- played his first tour event in 96? I, I actually saw this today. He, he played his first tour event in 1992. Uh, sorry, tour uh, event as a professional in 96. Oh, thank you for being clearer. Sorry, what was huh. the question? <laughs> which major tournament was... Tiger's first miscut after he arrived on tour. Um, Tom, I'm going to have to make you turn, turn your sheet over. Yeah. Turn your sheet over. No. And, and the other one. <laughs> You're a cheat. Come on. What was the question? <laughs> Which major was his first... So you, just, you, don't want, you don't want a year, you just want the major? Yeah. Major and and year. Year. Yeah. year. First um, MC after he arrived on tour in 96. I'm going to say... Um, 98. Y- y- U.S. Open, ninety-eight. It'd be U.S. Open. No, I reckon it'd be. I reckon it'd be like two thousand three. He didn't think he or threw three. in a cheeky miscut early on in his career. No, I don't think he did. Or two thousand. Which which ones did we say? U.S. Th- Open's probably most likely. U.S. Open two thousand three. Uh, U.S. Open, correct. Uh, two thousand six. Oh. Winged foot. Jeff o- uh, Ogilvy. I was going to say Jeff Overton. Jeff Overton. He's, he's not even won the event yet, has he? Although. Okay, let's move on. Um, which oh, tournament win? Which tournament win? <laughs> Sorry, my handwriting's off. 
<laughs> Which tournament win did Tiger describe as my greatest ever championship? Would it be too easy to say 2008 Open? That US Open? Tournament win. Um, that be, could have been one of the ones after he, after this whole marriage fell apart. Uh, uh, why don't we say 2008 Tory Pines? US I Open. Know, I think that, yeah, I mean... Come on, we're, we're guessing. This is bad radio. We're guessing. We're guessing. Let's say that. 2008 US Open, Tory Pines. Correct. Yes! Strong. In your face. <laughs> Steady on. Um... What exact date, date and year, did Tiger Woods drive his car into a fire hydrant? It was. Is, it, is that the incident? Yes, the incident. Oh, okay. So that was 2009. It was September, I think. The I think it was September the 20th? <laughs> That's a lot of scratching trying, of chins going on. I'm trying to think what I was doing at was that point. Was it 2009 point. or 2010? No, nine. It was I started, nine. I started working at Golf Monthly in 2009. It was, it was late-ish nine. Yeah, so I think it's yeah. sep- September the 20th. We'll go September the 20th, 2009. It was the 27th of November, yeah. 2009. Um, oh, where did he finish at the 2010 Masters, his first tournament back? After the he was in the he finished in the fourth or something, something like that. I think um, sixth sixth or fourth yeah he came surging through the field on the Sunday yeah. didn't he sixth I, I think sixth. sixth sixth fourth oh. Oh, I said fourth Nick <laughs> tied fourth so that's even closer in I some ways um, how many of his major wins were playoffs Ooh. don't look at your sheet I've got it I've got it just here um, I can't see come on just think think it through again doesn't make for I great think radio. It's t- I think it's three. Bob, uh, Bob May, DeMarco and Mediate. Mediate. Three. Three, it's three, it's three. It is three. Yes. Um, as you rightly said, Thomas. Um, what's Tiger's birthday? The it's January, it's in January. No, it's not, it's the 30th. Is oh, it, it's in December. It's 31st, isn't it? News, news May Eve. It's New Year's Eve. Or is it the 30th? It's Nick, the 30th of the you have stepped away from the mic- microphone. It sounds as if you're stood in the corner of the studio. Uh, I think I think it might be the 31st of December. Yes. 30th of December. Oh. <laughs> That's wrong. That's two you've got wrong, Nick. Uh, Tiger was played in the Walker Cup once, I believe. It was in 1995, but where? That He lost to... Um that guy. He, I know. He lost to uh, his fourth call. He didn't. He lose to Nick's grabbed the mic. <laughs> Sorry, didn't he lose to Gary Wollstonehome? Yes. In, at fourth call. And, yeah. Yes. 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 That. So. So where? Where? Are you sure? I think so. Nick, speaking to the microphone. Yes, I think it was raw fourth call. Okay. Correct. Um, how many WGCs did Tiger win? Loads. Uh, yeah, That's not going to cut does it. That, does that count? Is it not 14 as well? It's close. I, I, had 12, I had 12 in my head. It's close. I don't have any... Should we split the difference then? 13. 13. Uh, he won 18. Oh, wow. wow. I hope all of these are right. <laughs> Relying on Wikipedia again. <laughs> um, how many shots did he win the 2000 US Open by? We've already covered that. Uh, 15. Correct. Uh, how many? Uh, t- okay, okay, what, what question are we on here? Uh, you're on question number thirteen. Thank God. Ready? How many times did Tiger Woods come from behind to win a major? 
Uh, can you clarify that question? How many times did Tiger Woods go into the final round of a major that he won without the lead? None. 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 Nick, I'm not going to tell you again. Talking to the microphone. None. He, 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 as much as interesting he as what you're saying 50, is. He, he held the 54-hole lead 15 times. He won 14 of them and lost one to Y.E. Yang. Y.E. Yang, 2009. Okay, so without wanting to sound like Chris Tarrant, is that your final answer? Uh, yes. Okay, correct. Get in. Um, like Tiger, Woods, Tiger Woods played in a total of 327 P- US PGA or US tour events. I'll start that again. Please do. <laughs> Tiger Woods played in 327 US tour events. But how many cuts did he make? Oh, uh, this is a, a tremendous lot. question. He's got he's got a, an amazing cut amazing record. Amazing ratio. Amazing ratio. So how many? Can you say just how many uh, to, uh, events? 327. And we're not talking with withdrawals don't count here either. I don't know, Nick. I just looked at the number of cuts <laughs> he'd made. <laughs> don't ask questions. I was going to say it's going to be it's 306. Yeah, right. Let's go around there. Three hundred six. Three hundred. So that's oh. wrong. That's unfortunate. That's, that's, that's I'm satisfied a, with I that. That's fine. Get a half mark. Um, what is final question? Final question. What is Tiger's current as of today, oh, which is the eighteenth of February, oh, two thousand sixteen? What's his world ranking? I nearly looked this up earlier. So he was. Forgot. He'll be in the three hundreds, I think. Maybe even lower. Uh, I'm going to go 390. Yep, go on. Uh, 444. So that's wrong. Nick, too. your answer was useless. <laughs> I think we're showing our working out quite well, though. Um, so <laughs> you got a total of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Pass mark of 50%. Out of 15. Thank you very much. That. Well, congratulations, both of you. Desmond. <laughs> We'll take it. <laughs> um, okay, well, um, that's brought us to the end of our special uh, podcast on Tiger. Um, again, I just emphasise what we were talking about earlier, which was no no golfer in the modern era has had, probably ever, actually, has had a bigger effect on the game. To win like he won in an age when play, so many players were capable of winning. You know, whenever he turned up at a tour event, genuinely there would have been 50, 60 players in the field who were capable of playing. And however good Jack Nicholas's record was, that probably can't be said of his his era and his generation. So Tiger um, achieved phenomenal things, but it wasn't just the way that Tiger achieved them. It was how he went about it, the, the exciting way in which he played the game um, that left an indelible mark on the game. So even if Tiger steps away from golf and never has another day in the in the limelight, he will have left an extraordinary um uh yeah legacy legacy that's yeah. the word legacy right. um anyway that's the end of the podcast thank you for listening this week uh, again i'm going to pog- um plug the various different golf monthly channels facebook um we have a very good twitter uh, instagram feed uh, chaps anything you'd like to plug nick what have you been working on recently just uh, the magazine's coming thick and fast uh, <laughs> it's actually there's some great stuff going in um two two free supplements with the, with the next issue um, lots of great content going in so, so make sure you pick up an issue of Golf Monthly next time you see it in the shops Tom uh, your local cricket club like to give them a mention we could do Howard Cricket Club established 1896 come along and have a pint but other than that strangely I was going to say um, check out all our video channels because they are full of great content ok great well thank you and um, thank you for listening and we will see you next time <laughs>